0: All right, I trust that you are already there at the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the commerce thereunto perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, well, when he cometh into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then I then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God, he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the wish will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, and every priest standing daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Now, the offerings under the old covenant could only cover the sin. They were an atonement. But they could never take away sins. Jesus Christ was the only one who could take away the sins of the world. Verse 13 again reads, From henceforth, expect until his enemies be made his footstool. Jesus is still bringing his sheep into his fold. When that is complete, then he will rapture his church out, and then later set up his kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. Jesus will take complete control of the whole earth, making his enemies his footstool. Every leader in authority will be subdued under his authority. Jesus, along with his saints, shall rule this earth in righteousness for 1,000 years. let's look at verse number 14. For by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, one offering, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, covers all of our sins of the past, present and future. Every born again believer in Christ was made perfect, complete forever in the sight of God by one offering, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. All right, let's look at verses 15 through 17. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us for after that, he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. Will I write them and their sins and iniquities? Will I remember no more? Now, this passage is a quotation from Jeremiah chapter 31 concerning God's promise to the nation of Israel. Again, keep in mind that Paul is writing this letter here to the Jewish believers. All right. Look at verse 18. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Now, Paul is letting the Hebrew believers know that Jesus was the final sacrifice. There is no more offering for sin. The sacrificial system began with Abel, and it ended with the debt of Christ. All right, let's look at verses 19 through 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Now, the living Bible reads it like this. And so, dear brothers, now we may walk into the very holy of holies, where God is, because of the blood of Jesus. This is the fresh, new, life-giving way which Christ has opened up for us by tearing the curtain, his human body, to let us into the holy presence of God. Oh, that's awesome. He says, by a new and living way. The word new is from the Greek word P-R-O-S, P-H-A-T-O-S, P-R-O-S, P-H-A-T-O-S, meaning newly slain, newly slain. It speaks of the fact that Jesus has opened up for us a new and living way to God through his death upon the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two, signifying that the way to the throne of God was open. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we have access to the throne of God. All right, let's look at verses 21 and 22. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, since Jesus, our high priest, is over God, the father's household, Let's go right into his presence. His blood made us clean, and he washed us with pure water. And because of his redemptive work, we have a right to come straight to the throne of God. Now, under the old covenant, only the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies. But now, because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, every believer in Christ has straight access to the Holy of Holies. Oh, that's awesome. All right, let's look at verses 23-23 through 25 let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching now Now that Jesus has accomplished all of this for us, we have responsibilities. Number one, we have to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Number two, we have to provoke one another to love and to good works. Number three, we are not to forsake the assembly of ourselves with the people of God. And number four, we have to exhort one another. In other words, we have to encourage each other. All right. Look at verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Now, the Apostle Paul is addressing the Hebrew believers here. He says, if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. This means to go on sinning willfully by offering up sacrifices for sin. It is an attitude toward the word of God, which God calls willful rebellion. There remains no other sacrifice for sin to those who reject the truth of Christ's dead for sin. There is no other way to God the Father. The law is the thing of the past. Jesus brought about a new thing called grace. All right, let's look at verses 27 through 31. but a certain feel for looking for of judgment, and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant, whereas he was sanctified an, un- an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belonging unto me, I will recompense, said the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, this passage reveals the seriousness of rejecting the redemptive work of Christ. Everyone who refuses to believe in or to accept the redemptive work of Christ will suffer the judgment of God. Now he gives an example. He says that under Moses law, the ones who disobeyed died without mercy by the hands of two or three witnesses. And this covenant wasn't even perfect. How much more to the person who rejects the debt of Christ as the final sacrifice for sin. Vengeance is his and he shall repay. God will not allow the people who reject what Jesus has done to get away with it. God will judge them. Woe unto the individuals who rejects the redemptive work of Christ, because it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The book of Psalm chapter 75 and verse 8 reads, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poured out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. Listen, I want you to know that God is not in a hurry to destroy. He is a merciful God. He is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. But that cup of judgment is filling up. This cup of God's judgment is ahead for all who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant uh, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and had done despite unto the Spirit of grace. To those individuals, the judgment of God is coming. All right, look at verses 32 through 34. But called to remembrance the formal days in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions partly while ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spalling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Now, apparently some of the believers had been imprisoned for the faith, while others had experienced the seizure of their possessions. Paul is bringing them to a rem- uh, to a remembrance of their fate and patience during these difficult times. All right, look at verses 35 and 36. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that af- after that ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Now this is another way of saying, let us hold fast the profession of our fate without wavering. Keep Exercising faith in the midst of your trials. Keep exercising faith in the midst of your trials. Also, display patience while you are waiting on the manifestation of the promise. Glory to God. Keep going because you shall reap if you faint not. God will fulfill everything that He has said He's going to do. All right, look at verse number 37. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Listen, Jesus has an, has an apparent time to come, and only God the Father knows it. All right, let's look at verses 38 and 39. Now the just shall live by fate, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto prediction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, we are not of them who makes the grace of God of none effect. We live by faith. Our whole walk is a walk of faith. We believe what God says and what he says alone. We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe that no one can come to the Father but by him. We believe that Jesus is the door. Anyone who attempts to enter in through any other way other than Jesus is a thief and a robber. We believe in the redemptive work of the Lamb of God. Whoever believes differently, God's soul has no pleasure in him. We refuse to go back to the rituals of the law. We refuse to offer sacrifices of animals in the temple for sins, making the shed blood of Jesus Christ of none effect. Listen, we live by faith. We believe his report.